and welcome everybody to What the Hops. I'm Brian and I'm here with Adam and we are at 12 Gates Brewing Company and we got a couple of guests. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Josh from West Shore. Scott from 12 Gates. Steve from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're uh, here. We figured we'd uh, catch up with Josh and uh, Josh reached out to Scott and we decided to come out to 12 Gates and do some recording and just shoot the shit and see how everything's been. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's that fall time of year. Everyone's kind of probably, you know, winding down from their Oktoberfest celebrations. And, you know, summer was probably crazy for you guys. And just kind of see what, see how the last, you know, three to six months have been, you know? What's your I have not worked at beer festival in probably six weeks now. <laughs> My living room is remodeled. <laughs> My dining room is repainted. And I'm getting ready to remodel my one bedroom. <laughs> so you actually have some time at home. I can actually have a life for a little bit. <laughs> I'm, almost, I'm almost done with farmer's markets. Nice. I was just going to bring that up. Like, yeah, the, the Bitwell's got to be kind of coming to an end. Yeah, we lost some staff to help us work it, so I'm not sure if we're going to be there anymore for this season. And it's so cold out now anyway. And I know maybe that one staff member will help me out. Then he got the flu. Shout out to Bobo. <laughs> How uh, how was business over at the farmers market? Honestly, year? we sold for a farmer. We sold a lot of stuff there throughout the year, and it was nice because it was like there was a lot of regulars. Like we had people like messaging us a few years before, like, "Hey, what are you bringing?" And then we probably sell a couple hundred dollars of beer every time we were there. Nice, nice. Which you know, when you're not a tapper, I mean, there were some days I sold more beer there than I did in days in the tap. Yeah. So I don't know if it's one, but. It was. It's a busy farmer's market. Yeah, just, the uh, Josh was talking about. They were at the Bidwell Farmers Market over on Bidwell and Elmwood all season, and uh, yeah, the, that happens to be out in this area one of the crazier farmers markets to go to. Especially if you if you decide to get up early on a Saturday morning to actually get there. I mean, there's some pretty good shit food wise and everything else too. So, I mean, it's all a matter of actually getting there before it's all gone. It's just a very long day for me. Like, <laughs> it starts at like 5.30 in the morning in the brewery. Then I do that, and then I race back to work the tap room, and then I'm usually at the tap room until like 10 o'clock at night. So it makes for so very long saying, Saturdays. You're saying you made horrible life choices? <laughs> no, no, I'm glad we did it. I, I'm glad we did it, because we got a lot of exposure. Yeah, that's um, like free marketing, you know? Yeah, I sold a lot of Westfest tickets in, actually. Yeah. I mean, you know, my brother was able to help out you guys and, and be there as the point person on Saturdays and he would tell me like he's like yeah we're out of growlers already or we're out of growlers already and it's like 11 o'clock you know so that, I mean that that's kind of a you know you know to your brewing style and you know what you're bringing to the table like you know and it's it's going that quick I mean and you're getting your name out there it's that's, that's pretty cool the sales picked up a lot once we went to growlers like once I got the machine and I started filling them in the morning bringing them out there we sold like double the growlers that we would yeah, we uh, we ended up going out there one Saturday. It was a you know beautiful day. Uh, we stopped by the booth, and you know my brother told me he already went through a ton of can crawlers. But just to see the scene, though, like I used to live down there, and you go to the market every once in a while, and there was maybe like one winery there, but you never see any brewers. And 
like now there's like one or two breweries there. There's like Black Button was there. There's like four, like three or four wineries there. And it's just like it's so crazy how that farmers market has morphed into like it's like a mecca for farmers. Well, even other farmers markets too. I know Pressure Drop goes out to the Kenmore one on Sundays. Um, Buffalo Brewing Company was going out to Lewiston every Saturday. I think I don't know if he's still doing that, but I mean, it's what's nice. It's nice exposure for you in an area where people probably don't even realize you exist. Yeah, you we, know, exactly. because like being out in Clarence, a lot of people from like the city and Elmwood and everything else aren't really paying attention to what's really going on out there. Oh my god! So no, you're, Clarence is like on the other side of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, even the east side of transit. Yeah. Yes. Even where we are yep. here, people don't even real like people in the city don't even realize like what goes on here sometimes. You know. Oh no, no. For for us here, which I'm glad we have Buffalo Brew Pub. I mean, 42 North Brewing over at Deep South. Uh, we got West Shore up the road. Yeah. Uh, that we're actually getting a little collection over here, which turns it into a destination. Yeah. But for us, you guys, if, you, if this is the first time you've been here, you're like you're driving back, you're going, you're fucking banjos. Like, I yeah, I came out to the uh, Rock the Gates thing over the summer and uh that was actually my first time here so like finally actually seeing the whole space and stuff it's like okay this is where it is because you guys were you guys the first industrial park brewery for buffalo technically if you don't count flying bison's original location yeah um i guess in this new yeah yeah, yeah i'm i'm pretty sure cuz i don't think I anybody at, else is right now right no I'm no trying to think I, about I, it. I welcome yeah another brewery to go in an industrial park cuz we look like a <laughs> fluke we're tucked back in here in the back where i was at in florida half the breweries were in yeah. industrial parks really yeah just being down in austin a couple weeks ago was the same thing like yeah there's four or five breweries right in this <laughs> like stretch of industrial park and yeah, it's just, you just you but they have advantages that other buildings don't have. Like, people always ask, like, well, why are you just on the side of a construction company? I know it's not an industrial park, but it's essentially... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, you get big power, sewer, like, you get all these things without having to build them into a building. That If you took over, like, an old restaurant or something like that, those buildings don't have the infrastructure. I mean, I moved in, and I run an electric brew house, and we had massive amounts of power in that, in that building where I didn't have to like install it it was just there i could pick up my brew house that i already own and drop it in and hook it up without having to go in and like you know call the utility company and run three-phase power for a line i mean you're talking tens of thousands of dollars just to do that yeah you know we don't really we didn't have to do it right and it gives you like a blank space to be like all right this is what we want to do you know we can get this much space let's do whatever the fuck we want to do it's a shell of a building you can build out the inside however you want to with minimal costs on there it's very cost effective yeah no that's like looking at the tap room now like you can see the the blue room and just your massive vats are just like front and center 
and like everybody's you know at the bar you can look into the into the space you know it's kind of a cool vibe to, to kind of see where the you know where it's all made and where all the magic happens it's like right there front and center so it's, it's pretty cool it's cool on this side on the other side <laughs> probably we're in a zoo <laughs> sure. there people are just standing at the door standing at the windows just looking in pointing around like we're on exhibit back there you guys should honestly put up a, like a little placard as if it is an exhibit don't feed the animals <laughs> don't tap on the glass that would be hilarious yeah. well, was, tap on the glass it was, it was cool when you guys had the live stream for the uh, classes in session the big collab for beer, beer week and to kind of see everybody come together to come to your place I probably had to have a kind of a, a cool feeling that you know all these breweries came together at your establishment to come and brew this beer for everybody in Buffalo to enjoy oh it really was uh, brewing that uh, we, we have larger equipment that's what she said sure uh, of course but to be able to do the volume that was needed uh, we at the time I, I had the room to do it here yeah and it was like oh yeah and then having all the brewers here everybody's hanging out uh, just the camaraderie and the very cohort the very tight knit community we have I kind of stood back and just watched everybody I'm like this is this is really special like this, this is what really I, cool and I think I've said it on multiple podcasts but I feel like you know it's kind of like a brotherhood like you know in the business world it's like dog eat dog like everyone wants market share they want to they want to you know encapsulate a, an area and they want to take it all from their own it seems like with Buffalo it's that city good neighbors it's that you know close net feel and like in the brewing industry it just seems like everybody's out to help each other like you know Josh had uh, the one-year anniversary, and you know I was working the ticket booth, and uh, you know everybody coming in, and there was like five or six different brewers from different different breweries that came out to support him. And all it's vice versa. Like when you had your your festival, or you know your three-year anniversary, or CBW had their anniversary party. Like it just seems like everybody's out to help each other out. All these collabs, everybody working together. It's just it, you know it, it's it's cool to be a part of it. You, know? you guys have your anniversary coming up too right uh yeah december 12th yeah. it will be our third year anniversary yeah. here and, and <laughs> i still yeah. on my desk <laughs> brewing the breakfast down on monday with Ooh. brew pub we're brewing it again oh nice so, i don't think i hit i don't know if i've hit i think i may have hit that at brew pub yeah yeah brew pub brew pub's adam's spot that's actually like him and his his wives basically there it's, it's, it's where i proposed to her yeah oh so. yeah we uh really yeah we that was kind of our, our spot where we hung out after work we both worked at fridays oh okay rest yeah, in yeah. peace it's not there anymore <laughs> um, but you know we were part of the mug club and we hung out there and i felt like that's where i wanted to propose i got down on my knees and the peanuts and the popcorn and it was like a busy it was a busy monday before Thanksgiving. some guys thinking he's falling yeah. over he's like let me help you back up like, we were, <laughs> let me we were like right near where the service bar was and it was like yeah. the bar was crowded and i got down on one like i was so nervous but 
like I hung up her coat and I was like right behind we were like right behind a pillow. So like that was like the moment in time I like it was now or never. So I got down on one knee and I'm you know, no one's even paying attention because it's so crazy, not even the bartenders know what's going on. She looks down at me and she's like, Did you fall? Like, are you okay? <laughs> And, you know, I, I, I proposed to her, and I like, do you want to spend the rest of your life with me? Do you want to marry me? Like, I don't even know if she still said yes, but, you know, you know we're, sure seems like it. We're, three years, <laughs> we're three years in and two kids later in a house, so, um, you, know, it's like, you know, it's a little... I mean, she did say no. I think it's a pretty good act. Right. Oh, yeah. No, that's a really soft no. Right. <laughs> she's like, I just got to let him down easy. She's, she's got, got like 17 years. She's got the exit clause, you know. She didn't, you know, sign on the dotted line. But no, it's like that's like a little piece of home for us, and um, you know, it's kind of one of the oldest breweries in Buffalo. It's '86, I think. I think, I think it's had 30, 30 years. I, think, I know I think, the equipment's 30 years old. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just like just you know, being a connoisseur of, of beer and not having the total knowledge that Brian has or the other host. Probably, I don't really know anything about beer either. I just love it. Yeah, you, know, you know, you like it, which is that's. Yeah, good. It's just it's cool to be a part. Yeah. But that's actually a good place to be. When you just drink beer, you can enjoy it more. I don't know how you are. I find myself not able to enjoy stuff as much because I'm always like looking for certain things and things that I shouldn't be looking for. That I should just be enjoying. Does that make any sense? It does, which is why <laughs> my fridge at home is not very crafty. Sometimes I just want to go home and have a beer and not have to think about it. I was at brewery the other day with the Penny Lane and was drinking Jenny Cream. There you go. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I think most. I think most Brian brewers love you. Right most brewers are in the same situation though. Like you ask any brewer what their favorite beer is to drink or whatever, they're just like, give me a High Life, give me a here, Jenny. It, like, Miller High Life, Coors Banquet, or PBR. There you go. Coors Banquet is a very underrated domestic beer. It's great. It's, it's legit for what it is. Yeah. And I can have a few and <laughs> not worry about it, and I'm just having a double beer. So when I leave my place, I want to drink anything other than what I have on tap. Why I usually don't drink here? Because I'm just you're around it so much, <laughs> you just go somewhere else. It's so what a do we, snowflake. It is a snowflake. I don't so by remember the way, Steve what's in that bottle. It's not like Steve from nowhere. Steve has actually been a home brewer longer than I've been a brewer. So Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what you brought us? It has a snowflake on the cap. And that's all I know about <laughs> I literally don't. Before I left the house, my wife told me which was which. Um, and we yes, have forgotten I, about I that. I can't remember now. I have a um, smoked porter and a honey brown porter. And they've been in my basement for a year because my wife likes to demand that we brew something she quote unquote wants to drink. And then it sits around for a year and everything I make goes away in two months. So, 
So you've started, you started kegging your stuff yes. at home? Um, well, I will keg everything I brew, which is mostly the same IPA recipe with whatever hops we can get our hands on, because the local homebrew stores don't always have the same thing every okay. single time. Um, so it's mostly the same recipe in the keg, but there's always variation, because one, I don't care that much, so whatever it ends up being is good enough for me. And then have you, have you found a certain hop uh, that you like using the most? In- uh, yes. We love Mount Hood because it grows in our backyard. <laughs> so we just pretty impressive. We throw it into everything because that is the cheapest way to get a bunch of hops is, hey, they grew in the backyard this year. Let's throw them in beer. <laughs> Sounds good to me, good man. Good hop, I, get, it, I it, use it on a number of recipes. It, it grows well in New York where the flavor is not too much different than... Well, that's the thing is we have we have Cascade, Mount Hood, and East Kent Golden, and Mount Hood grows like gangbusters. East Kent Golden, I, it doesn't like New York. I don't know what it's looking for, but it's not in New York because that poor guy grows like eight feet tall every year. It's three years old. We have not gotten a single hop cone off of it. Wow. And I think it's like the soil, maybe, or uh, I mean. It's it's so soil it's, temperature, it's soil, it's, the sunlight. Because it's an English hop, it's used a little bit more overcast on there. Gotcha. How do you get more overcast than Buffalo? Like <laughs> we're the gray sky city. <laughs> I mean, our summers though, we get we get a lot of sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah our summers vary wildly. They go from like super overcast and very wet to then you'll get the next summer and it's crazy hot, dry, yeah. which wrecks havoc on um, you know. On certain crops like peaches, grapes, all that. Like you get famines when you're, and it's like a lot in the next year. Well, it's like yeah. we, were, we were talking about at work today. Like you know, we went this year. We went from winter to summer. We really never had spring, and now we're going and now from summer to, to winter, winter again. and we really never had fall. So it's like it's the craziest year when it comes to seasons, where you know a lot of crops and a lot of you know farmers are getting hit hard because uh, they never had their growing season that they could you know reap the benefits of so yeah oh sure but i think you know you know coming to your fourth of july parties at the house like the mount hood is to the tree yeah you know it's up it's up eight feet nine feet and then it's it's across the line you know to to the tree it is it's it's, pretty impressive yeah i was gonna say i love my mount hood sorry i was asked a question um it is either the honey brown porter or the smoke Order. Is this one the honey? Okay. Let's say, let's, let's see if the brewers can let us know. Like flowery that I get on the But you said this is what, like a year? Yes. It. This is actually the. Um, the White House recipe. When Obama was president, he put out like three recipes that they brewed in the White House. And Lisa is a porter queen, so she of course latched right onto it. And we made it, put it in bottles, and I think there's like two cases in the basement still of this from at least a year, if not two ago. Look at the curve on it, it's great. 
honestly, set some aside. Like, set some and put labels on them. Be like, don't drink till two years. Don't drink till three years. Don't drink till four years. Uh, with her stuff, that's not a problem. Anything that goes in bottles sits well, no, in the basement I, I mean, for years. You would think I was down in. Where was I? Oh, uh, Honesdale, Pennsylvania. Little brewery there. Uh, started talking to the brewer, who was like this crazy guy who studied in, uh, in um, over in Belgium. And he's like, "Oh, you gotta try this. You gotta try this." Had a ton of Belgian stuff on, but then he's like, "Here, it's like here's an old ale. I've been aging it six years. <laughs> old ales need your set and six years." It was like some of the stuff was like breaking down, and the hot profile was pretty much gone at that point. But it was delicious. Like absolutely, it drank like a cherry or a horse. Yeah, it was so good. But I mean, I can't, it's really hard to plan stuff right now and be like, yep, we're gonna brew this. It'll be out in five years. Come back to us. It'll be there. But I mean, the body on this, I think it's pretty damn good. I was for, say, for, there's, there's more in the basement. If you want to come over. For sitting for a year, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the brewers and, and get their kind of feedback. Um, what temperature did you store it at? Uh, my basement sits at about 50 to 60. You know, winter drops down to 50, summer goes up a little bit, but it's it's actually a pretty consistent temperature. So the the honey definitely mellows it out and kind of like has a nice flavor straight through. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. Well, stuff like ages, like I said, that hot pro, even a little bit of hot, even a quarter, will start to like fall off. Yeah, and then they'll like those honey undertones will come out. I get a lot of star anise in it, Dennis, um, like some black licorice notes on it. Um, entirely possible. Again, if... That's if, run the honey? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> see, if I was more prepared, I would have tried to, you know, dig through the recipe book and see if she still had it, so I could tell you exactly what's in it, but I, you know, I'm not that good. <laughs> no, I think this, you know... That is aged remarkably well. Right. The whole process. It's not it's not oxidized. I get a touch of sherry on it, but I mean it's bottled at home. Uh, and over a year. Yeah. Which mine held up that well. <laughs> uh, like that's what I mean, I think like the, the, the carbonation on it, like depending on how you bottle it, I think, and not knowing the full process, but sometimes those can kind of fall flat if you're not doing it correctly. Well, and I mean, you know, from the first sip, you get that, like it feels like it just came off the drain. Okay, you know? so like our our bottling process back then was we would do, we would just brew five gallons at a time, you know, fermenter, secondary if it needed it, and then when you're pouring it into the bottling bucket, which has a special spout on it to make it easier to get it into the bottles you literally just add more sugar to it so that the remaining yeast that's still floating around in the bottle it's got new sugar it wakes back up a little bit it does a small amount of fermenting in the bottle but it causes the co2 that makes our lovely beer to begin with 
and then it actually just carbonates itself in the bottle as opposed to like what we do in our basement with a keg is you just hook the keg up to a CO2 container, let it sit down there for a week, and then boom, it's force carbonated that way. So in the bottles, I'm, sometimes they literally will explode. If your sugar isn't mixed evenly, you can get a little extra yeast, a little extra sugar. Before you know it, the side goes too yeah, high, and you, you get yourself a we've, bottle bomb. We've had a few of them. Yeah. We've had a few of them yeah. before. Right. Yeah, it's He's a still... rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yes. It the first time it happens, you're always really surprised. You're upstairs, you're like, "What the hell was that?" I definitely <laughs> heard something in the basement. You go downstairs, you look around a little bit, and then you realize, "Oh, there's liquid leaking from one of the cases of beer." You open it up and, you know, glass and beer draining out all over. At least it was in a case where you didn't go downstairs and there's just shards of glass in the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I can't argue with that. that was, it was in my clothes closet. It blew the cardboard over. Oh, jeez. It sprayed my clothes. <laughs> it was an old ale. Oh, I'll bottle it after six months. It'll be fine. Yeah, they all explode. <laughs> You need to ferment it for two years. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I didn't know bad. what I was Good doing. I have, a, I have no patience. Like, I, I really want to make some of these styles, but I have, like, I don't know how you're doing it with that framework. Oh, it's because I lost it for six months. <laughs> and then I found it again. I'm like, oh, shit, I, I forgot this was back here. <laughs> no, I check it once a month. It is a barrel age season where everybody's pulling out everything from like last year and kind of starting to shove stuff in barrels this year. I say, you have any have any plans for any kind of barrel aging? I or? actually have a Russian Imperial fermenting right now that's going into a barrel in like a week. Nice. So we got a, uh, right now our first one. I was actually just uh, right now before we do our hopefully expansion. We're still fermenting on plastic fermenters, but. I was literally afraid that this was going to explode my fermenter. <laughs> like, it, it, uh, terminal gravity was like 1.1. This is going to end anywhere between like 10.5 and 12%. But tons of sugar, double pitch yeast. I thought it was going to explode my fermenter. But, I mean, the blow-off bucket was like all over the room. <laughs> um, but no, we uh, partnered with Black Button. We got a 30-gallon barrel from them that like when you pop that bung off of it, it is just crazy, like bourbon char oak vanilla. Like nice. it's that's awesome. So we're gonna store it in there. Now I would like to give it a full like year, but that'll be like when we start. This is like the first experimental version of it. Sure. So what I'm leaning towards is it's I'm thinking it's gonna come out in February. Okay. So we're gonna give it a full what is that? Six months. Yeah, we're gonna give it about six, five to six months. Yeah. And then we're gonna pull it after that. Um, but we're gonna test it like a month at a time just to make sure everything's going okay. And then my plan is to get like three, four more barrels to then start aging stuff about a year. Yeah, Black Button seems to be getting a lot of their barrels and a lot of the breweries around here, it seems. Well, they actually come to us and they want to partner. They're like, hey, do you want a barrel? We'll give you the barrel if you give us some of the beer. Because like, they awesome. have tap rooms in Rochester and in Buffalo, so. Um, but it's it, the barrel smells phenomenal. I feel I feel like every brewery here is either barreling in something from Lockhouse or something from Black Button. Well, it's nice that we have these local distilleries because we don't have to like 
I mean, obviously, barrel-aging beer is not only big here, it's big everywhere. Yeah. So it's... And that's, a, that and that's the stuff that people, like, people expensive. go across the country searching for, too. So. Yeah, they're, standing, they're standing in lines for it. They're, they're shipping it across state lines. They're, you know, going I just into... Sent, uh, just sent Adam the link to uh, showing that Top and Goliath is selling a hundred bottles of their uh, um, Kentucky brunch bourbon stout or whatever it is for like a hundred dollars for a twelve ounce bottle. Is it the one in Alaska? No, it's in Iowa. Yeah, that's, their pseudo is wonderful. But like, people are like freaking out. It's like, how are you going to sell a twelve ounce bottle for a hundred dollars? And it's like, you know what? There's going to be a hundred people that are willing to spend more than that for it. They'll spend a thousand bucks so, for it. You know what I mean? But if they could sell them, mine as well. Yeah, if you can sell it and it's not detrimental to the market, yeah. do it. The secondary beer market for me is just crazy. It's insane. It's nuts. It really is insane. You know what? We can get similar stuff locally now. That's the thing. Why not, you know, just dig yeah. more locally? Well, part of it, Drew, is you can't get away from just the, um, like, you can't get it. Yeah. Like, to try something new, to try something different, there is value in that. Yeah. So I'm not going to say, like, I've had some stuff in Vail, um, and it was delicious. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say that it isn't. I mean, I've had some beers that I'm just like, knock the shit out of me, where I'm just like, fuck, man, I don't even know what to, right. <laughs> what to say about this. But, but, I mean, it's just, like you said, the secondary market, It's it just gets marked up so much where, you know, these people are standing in lines for hours to, to get this beer, and it's sold out in an hour. And then you have all these people that are, are walking away empty-handed because they can't, they can't, they can't get it. So it's, you know, it, it's kind of crazy, but I know, Brian, you were able to be in that room, you know, at the beginning of Beer Week to do kind of a live stream on Facebook. I was watching a little bit of video where they kind of had like a brewer's symposium. Uh, oh, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where they had a, a whole bunch of, you know, they had a handful of brewers in there and they were talking about how, you know, how can we get that scene here in Buffalo? And, you know, to, to the brewers, oh, I mean, like, it's, you know, it, it's still a business at the end of the day. And you need to make money. You got to put food on the table. And you have to, you have to appease, you know, your, your, you know, the people that are coming in your door. So you're not going to make these crazy wild beers that, okay, they may hit the mark one out of five. And you just threw, you know, a month's worth of revenue down the drain because those four other beers didn't work. So you're going to brew beers that appear to the people that are going to come in your door and they're going to have a good time and they're going to they're gonna come back. So I think Buffalo still needs to kind of get on, you know, that's like the next step. The, but the, I don't know. The thing is, though, that's a, such a small percentage of the beer drinkers in the city that are asking for that kind of stuff. Right, and it, it's kind of you know we're still we're still out. we're still a very blue collar town where people want to come to a place like this and get a cream ale, get a Hefeweizen, get something that's there's a balance. Like, I, yeah. Sorry, I, I just stepped away for a beer, but were we talking about like chasing the trends and all that? Yeah, it's hard because um, like the trends are fun. The trends are fun. And they're really they're fun, fun to grow. They're, they're novelty, but you still have to pay the bills. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. I, we were just talking before we went on. 
that like now I go to a place and I can't seem to get away from ordering something hazy or ordering a sour because they're absolutely delicious. By the way, However, I am drinking the food bar here and it is phenomenal. <laughs> so speaking of that, like I was Thank reading you. notes from uh, the Great American Beer Festival this year, and it was like a few years ago. It was like an 80-20 split between men and women there, and this year it's it was down to 60-40. Wow, that's great. And the biggest thing, even bigger than IPAs this year down there, was fruited sours. I guess like everybody was just talking about like all the fruited sours and they were moving like crazy. But I can't tell you how many people come in and ask for it. Well, I think too, like the hazy, like you you alluded to, yeah. like hazy probably wasn't a category like two or three years ago. It was no, this, not was, even this was the first six months ago. This was the first year that like, literally. Like, two years ago, if you open and we're like, we have these four unfiltered hazy IPAs, no one or more. All of these sours that are like eighty percent fruit juice. People be like, oh, what, what, what is this? Drink? Like, <laughs> what am I drinking? Yeah. I thought I was coming to a brewery. Yeah. But at the same you know. time, it depends. It literally depends on like where you are and where you're located and what your crowd is. I was talking to Rudy from Thin Man, and he's like, oh my god, my hazy sells more than anything else. And I'll put like a more traditional IPA in, and I'll, it'll outsell a haze, right? Just because of like where I am. And I come out with a cream ale, and people show up. But or I think that's like, like, you know, during the summer we had a couple IPA episodes. And then we had, I think, something from, from Carl from Presser Draft. We had the Sticky Trees or one of the one of the beers that came out, and it was like a true West Coast IPA. And you're like, this is how IPAs, you know, should be. You know, this is this is like when we first well, got introduced it, to the it, it, that's what I mean. It's, it's what IPAs are right. to us because that's what we started when we started drinking craft yeah. beer. That was an IPA. The IPAs nowadays, it's it's not necessarily right. it's an only IPA by name. Yeah. Right. I like that. I like. That kind of that bitter back end, that, that kind of cleanse, you know that, that I've always I've always kind of finishes the cleanses the palate. It's dry, it's right. crisp, right? And it's not it's not overly juicy to the point where you're like you have three of them. And you're like, what did I drink? Well, they're big, like they're thick. There's so much like they're finishing, like the finishing gravity. There's so much. However, I get why they stick around because they're way more approachable. They wait, are. wait, wait, wait. So are you saying are you saying the Olsen oh, twins are the bitterness? <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, they're, they're really bitter. The reason why Fuller House isn't that bitter is because the Olsen twins aren't on it. Yeah. The Olsen twins are the old style IPA, and now you take them out, and now we got New England IPAs. That's it. That's, that's, that's Can the I steal that? Because I want to use that. <laughs> that could be the name of right yours. That's your next New England. Olsen twin. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> but no, I actually, on the episode that we released today, um, my brother and his wife were in town for a family thing, and uh, I did a little collab with them with their podcast and they don't normally drink beer and they're not really fans of IPAs but I saved them a can of the Das Blatt and they're like we love this because there's not really much of a bitterness to it and I'm like well this is an IPA this completely different style yeah you know like, you, you're gonna put that up against sticky trees and it's gonna yeah. look like but they live out they lived out in Cal- uh, 
out in LA for eight years and just moved to Denver. So they're just used to West Coast ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So for them to come and be like, oh, wait, this is what people are kind of doing now. And I'm like, yeah, this is the new, what, like, if you see this on on the menu out there, oh, this yeah, is what you're going to get now, <laughs> you know? Soft. Yeah. Like, there are crazy amounts of barley and oats in that. Uh, we were talking about the water chemistry, lots of chloride in that oil. Um, there's all kinds of cats on the label, which is why I got it. Yeah. And that's, that's why I saved it for that, not, too. Like, the Outlandish label helped itself. I had somebody stop in. It was the fastest selling beer we've ever done. Uh, we almost sold you. through all of the cases. We had a few left over, but we sold through like 90% of it in like five hours. Yep. I had somebody stop in. They were like, oh, I was in Toronto. I live in Richmond. I saw the release. I had to stop by and get it. He saw the can and then was like, oh, no, I need like three more four packs because I can trade this. <laughs> it's like, insane. Really? Too. He's like, no, the can's awesome. The beer's great. I can trade this. This day and age, Instagram is actually like the beer can be a complete garbage beer. But if that label looks good, like people just want it just so they could take a picture of that label, man. Right. Like you could just put water in it and like have the greatest that. label ever. Yeah, and like, like this is amazing too. This is the dumbest label I've ever seen. <laughs> I told people I work. Why can't it be meet, both? Yeah. I'm going to meet with like <laughs> a senior amazing. man. Like two things. Yeah. Anything could be two things if you try hard enough. I'm in a senior. I'm in a meeting with a senior manager. I'm like explaining this beer, and then I'm telling them like, oh yeah. By the way, there's like a ton of cats on the side of it, and like two of the four people, and they're like huge cat people, and they're like, oh my god, this is like, like this is crazy. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Oh, but it was best of both worlds. The, the label was brilliant, and the beer, yeah, the beer was, was awesome. so good. Yeah, it, it came out thank you. so even good. even a month later, like it's still. Yeah, still. You have yeah. some. Still? I just like, literally, literally like, just drank the can. I have two cans on uh, Saturday. So okay. yeah, yeah we bought. Some and then it was just gone. I don't know what happened to it. It just disappeared. I had to ration mine it. off. Yeah, the cats drank it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> thing, like, we sold out of the cans really fast and we had it on draft a little while after. And like the next week, people would come in and do you have any cans left? I'm like, no, we're all out of cans, but I can pour crawlers of it. That's nah, right. <laughs> Are there cats on the crawlers? Will you draw cats? I was going to say, yeah. Get, it, get a Sharpie marker out and just like That's start exactly drawing little it. cats on it. So Scott was able to grab some. Something from you know behind the don't don't touch where the glass is. Oh, so you want to kind of give us a little you know intro intro to what we got here in front of us. Uh, what you have here it's uh, our dissolution uh, for 2018. Uh, we'll have this. Uh, it's bottled and it'll be available day before Thanksgiving. I the the actual date eludes me right now. I think that's the twenty first. Yeah, it's early this year. Yeah, it's early. It's like a Thanksgiving. Week early. Yeah, Thanksgiving's like I think might be like the earliest it can be or something like yeah. that this year maybe. Yeah, because uh, we just had the conversation about like having a beer and then forgetting about it for a while and then rediscovering it. Uh, this was it's a Baltic Porter, a nine point one percent Baltic Porter that we released last year that I've been aging on bourbon oak over the past year. Oh yeah. So it's that's damn. I'm all it's about beefy. that right there. I like brewing lagers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Russian Imperial lager at that point. No, this is good stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, that's 
the uh, that, that smell off the. Off I say Thin Man just released a barrel aged uh, Rudy's Baltic Porter too, his right? Baltic Porter. Yeah. He did it last year and yeah, this year. Yeah, I think they just released it a couple of weeks ago. But this is a. Uh, no, this is some good stuff, man. Yeah. I'm in love with barrel aged stuff. Like. I get the boozy complexion a little bit off of it, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah, it's it, not it's, hot. Yeah, no. I don't want it hot. No, it's a lager. I don't have all those complex like right. adjunct grains right. to really thicken it up. It's it's a lager. It's if it was prominent, it would be overpowering. Sure. So we had to just mature it, mature it, let it age, let it age, let it age, until it kind of hit that sweet spot. And then we uh, pumped it over and finished the process That's on awesome. it. Yeah, this is great. So we asked uh, Matt Kahn when we were at Big Ditch about a month or so yeah, ago, kind of please. what his opinion was on cellaring certain beers and everything else. And I kind of want to get your guys' take on how long you feel certain beers should be cellared, I guess. Like, if someone buys this and they're going to be like, you know, I'm going to buy a couple, how long would you with this age, you feel? Like, this beer, if it was in, like, your cellar, which is, like, between 50 and 60 degrees, um, give it two years tops, because it is a lager. Like, I said, do you guys really have any kind of opinion on, like, how people should do that? Like, I know, like, Founders always says, it's like, because everybody loves the KBS and everything else, and they're just like, you know what? Do this for two years, and then drink it, because after that, as far as we're concerned, it's not really what what we're brewing, you know? Stuff does start to break down. Like, after a few years, you'll get, it it will be, it'll be good, but it'll be a completely different yeah. Um, any residual oxygen, even trace amounts yeah. of oxygen, will start. That's the biggest killer for aging. ABV and oxygen on yeah. there. The higher the the higher the ABV, the longer you can age it. Yeah. Uh, it'll break down those big complex uh, fusel alcohols. Will break down into esters. So you get more complexity. It, it mellows out versus lower ABV beers. That break down quickly, but also the oxygen. Yeah. Like the the homebrew that you shared, uh-huh. packaged beautifully. Because if it's a year old, it should taste cardboardy. Ah, you pick up cardboard, some sherry notes on it, uh, just from the oxygen. Um, I. This one, I'd probably say two years. Two years seems to be a magic spot for beers above like 9%. Yeah. Um, above that, I mean, I have my ice in back. I could probably let that sit for about five years before I would say, okay, now is a sweet spot. Yeah. On there. Well, that's also 17.5%. <laughs> I know it was before you got here, but do you remember when the first Grave Concerns was made? Yeah. Was it right when you guys opened? No. It was right when I was started. On the Pints and Provisions podcast, we discuss the ins and outs of beer, brewing, and breweries in addition to all those crafts that pair well with beer, such as bourbon, coffee, food, and cooking. Join Evan, Ryan, Mark, and Dan on each episode where we discuss those crafts we love to imbibe. Here's a clip. 
I don't. I, I've got four full glasses over here. I need to figure out my glass situation <laughs> and, and before I pour this. You're the one asking you for more. Your own glasses. Yeah, he was. He was <laughs> the one next? that said, "What's next?" Well, there's a bunch sitting out. I thought maybe. Uh, I thought. I, I thought we were going to get those going, but. We are proud members of the Hopped Up Network, where you can find all our episodes. And also look for us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Cheers. I like sharing beer. It's not fun drinking it by myself. Or it's not going to drink it. That's what I always say. I mean, there's no reason to get a bunch of shit and just drink it by yourself, man. Spread the wealth. I drank Toss Black with my cat. <laughs> See, but that's not I by yourself. Cats, yeah. Oh, I was very much alone on that. Oh, one. No, <laughs> if you've got a kitty, you're the never cat, by the yourself. Cat, the cat's looking at you. It's like, what the fuck do you want me to do with this? <laughs> Steve's also a cat guy. I have, I have met- a cat and a dog. Chewy's awesome. Yeah. I have nothing against dogs. My only thing is, I have met thousands of people, half of which I didn't like. Of the thousands of cats I've met, there's like two that weren't cool. That's all I'm saying. Cats are better than people. If I had to drink, I'm drinking with cats. Are two of them like ours? No. I have no problem. No, Penny's fine. She's, I mean, she hates my wife, but Penny's cool with me, whatever. (laughs) I'm not going to hold it against her if she doesn't like my wife. She did clobber his wife at like five weeks old. Yeah. Right in the face. Really? Yeah. The little cat did not like my wife. I don't know all right, I think we got off topic. The topic was and barrel aging beer. Yeah. We were on the barrel. So I got my rye whiskey barrels back there. Where'd you get them from? Fall down at 5 and 20. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, we just got a bourbon from Blackwell. Let me know how that is. Find out. It smells smells great. 5 and 20. 5 and 20 is a very underrated place. Um, we were getting some fireworks last summer and just driving back up. from Erie. Yeah, I imagine. And we're driving yeah. back and we're like, "Oh shit, it's a it's a brewery right there." It's like, let's stop, stop in, and just like ten o'clock in the morning, get a flight of beer, get a flight of uh, get a flight of whiskey and everything else, and just like. Getting hammered before noon, man. A flight of whiskey. Well, a flight of whatever the. One of the most yeah. brilliant things I've ever heard. <laughs> whatever they had, like available and stuff. I think they had like two whiskeys and then like whatever else they have. But they do everything themselves down there. They even grow basically everything that they use. Yeah, right? yeah. They're one of the largest vineyards uh, in the area. Yeah. They have, what three different oh. vineyards too? Where well, is they got it? The, Just Westfield. Westfield. You know where Johnson State. It is. You've been out there? Help me. <laughs> it's literally in between routes 5 and 20. Okay. So, like, you go to Westfield, you get off 90, you go up to route 20, make a right, like, heading towards Pennsylvania. Okay. Like, still heading west. Johnson States will be there. It's right across the street. Okay. Cool. It's beautiful. Yeah, the, the winery is off-site. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I was down, uh, it was during harvest, so it was all hands on deck. Everybody was scattered. Uh, but I stopped in. I was actually dropping off the kegs of classes and sessions. I, I stopped by, and they have the distillery and the brewery right there. Beautiful right there. I know. Um, Jealous. But you can stand in the tasting room and yeah. <laughs> look out the window and you can see Lake Erie. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, over the throughway. And they just it have they have a beautiful patio. Like beautiful patio. I try to make it down a couple times a year just 
I like chilling outside there. Yeah, but yeah. see, that's cheating. Like, it's real easy to make a nice brewery space when you've got, like, a lake, some rolling hills, like, come on. He's got that, a hill. That's cheating. <laughs> He's, He's got, got a rock hollow. He's got a rock <laughs> A holler. Um, holler. got a holler. I live on Lockport. I got a giant-ass hill. <laughs> called the escarpment. You got space. I mean, why do you think every winery out in the Finger Lakes is just, like, added a brewery yeah, to, yeah. to their stuff, too? Man. It makes so sense. You got the space, man. Like, what was we were at? Climbing? Climbing Vines. I liked and, um, beautiful. Me and Lisa swung by a place called Warhorse. Their beer was great, and I loved their their ambience. I'd never seen it before. It's The whole place is, like, World War II-themed, which, if you're a power dork like me, was just right up there in, in great, so... They just started canning their stuff, too. Do you too, have their cold press coffee? They'll do the little, like... We, we didn't the little have little midget that. cans of uh, no, cold press yeah. coffee are really good. Really? really? Yeah. I think we went to um, Seneca Lake Brewing when we were out there for my brother's wedding um, last year. And they were the only brewery, well, one of the only breweries that actually pull off a cast. And it was pretty cool to, to experience that because not a lot of breweries okay, really yeah. have that. They're, they're the cask only place, cask, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, it's like yeah. traditional English styles. Like That's a hard Yeah, I good for love, them. I would, it, it was good. I would lose do, my mind. It was good stuff. I would love to do more cast stuff or something. Do cast stuff in general. It's just hard. Once you tap that, you really gotta you gotta kick it. Yeah. Yeah, John. That's over what it. she said. <laughs> <laughs> John, John, John over at a at a Buffalo Brewing Company has that old like engine cask that Could he your does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've tried casks here. It's it, it's it's, it's not a really very particular. It depends on what it is. Really that, yeah. Remember we were talking? It was like, oh, you could do a great like whatever something like an ESB or something. It'll go over pretty well. You do like a cask of an IPA, it's gone like. That. Wasn't it Dan? Target a pizza plant? Yeah, Syracuse. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, if you put something... Oh, yeah, because they have one there, too, right? Cask, it'll just... Yeah, he's got the CO2 charge one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The fancy... Yeah, like, the really nice fancy one. I just put it on the bar and... Yeah. Put some ice bags over it and sure. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Community Beer Works would do that, too. I don't know if they've been doing it at the new space. I know They don't these... want to get the walls covered in hops right now. <laughs> it's too new. They don't want to ruin yeah, it. Yeah, you got to break in the place before you <laughs> right. do that. They want to enjoy the space while it's you know, still clean and fresh. Another dead. dead. Their new space is gorgeous. It is. Well, you were at, Brian was at uh, Blackbird Cider, too, before it opened. In the beer hall. For, uh, during, oh, yeah. For yeah, beer week, I stopped in there and stuff. Right across like, from where the new Thin Man's going? Yeah. yeah it's just funny. It's just funny you're driving up there and you're like, where the fuck am I? And then all of a sudden, like, you look and you're like, I think there's a beer hall over well, here. It's right near the, where the sportsman is, right? Like you kind of go off Amherst and then like like it's further. Like it's basically yeah. if you're if you're coming from uh, if you're taking military going towards Hurdle, it's like turn. It's a street right before Hurdle. You make a right before yeah, that, yeah, that's, and like you yeah, go down there right. because it's a dead end, too. 
So it's just like you go down there and it's just like a bunch of industrial space that you have no idea if anything exists there because there's not really any lighting until like you kind of get to the building. And then you're like, okay, now which building is it in? Especially if you're going there at night. Like for us, like we went there, it was like eight o'clock. We were at Hot Mama's hanging out and getting some food and everything else. We're like, all right, let's go check this place out before it's over. Get in there. And it was just like, is anything going on here? And like, there was only like maybe three, four people there at that point. And it was just like, just shot the shit with them. And it's, it's a beautiful space though. And I mean, right across the street, you're watching what Thin Man's doing to their space. And that's going to be a huge ass building. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful spot. Well, sorry, I was reading something online, like they were talking about next year. And, you know, the brewery scene's going to even implode even more with all these places opening up with Thin Man with their new spot, with uh, Woodcocks getting a new place. Yeah, they're over yeah, the world. And, are, and like, the Whirlits are building. Blackbird. Uh, who else in this? The new brew. The well, Froth is opening. Froth is opening, yeah. Uh, Beltline's opening. Beltline's opening. I was say Beltline's the one on opening. Swan, right? Yeah. 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 You have to do resurgent space going in. Yeah. I honestly think we could handle 80 to 90. It's funny, being, being down in Austin a couple weeks ago, they have... A city, a city like Austin only has like forty-five breweries. But then you because get to like a city like Portland, which I forget how Portland's size is compared to Buffalo. I didn't think it was that much bigger. Yeah, but it's got a lot more fucking crazy. Portland's weird. I think San Diego is like metropolitan San Diego is like I want to say three million, and they have like a hundred. I think it's like one hundred ten plus. They have. Yeah, but that's for three million people. Yeah, but we're doing five. Also, there's not a lot to do in the winter, so we can support a lot more drinking. And then as soon as summer hits, we're like, let's all go outside and drink. We're San, we're San Diego's like, hey, it's 75 and beautiful and no humidity every day of the year. Yeah. And you know, there's, let's there's, drink. In yeah. the morning is 50. Yeah. I'm going to put on a long sleeve shirt right. and drink. Yeah. In the afternoon, it's 78. What am I going to do? I'm going to drink. drink. And shorts. And drink. You guys have anything you want to promote that you got going on? Well, I know in November we do... We'll do our like night before Thanksgiving party. We're gonna do a Black Friday event this year. The whole like three days, the Wednesday, close Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're gonna have different events all day long. Um, it's not confirmed yet. We're working on like a charity event for Black Friday right now. Um, that if it goes through, we'll involve kitties. Um, I will be there then. <laughs> I know all the all the beer geeks will be hunting for their Goose Island, even though everybody hates Goose Island. So well, it's a little different now. Now it's all pasteurized. Well, yeah, you can pasteurize it. You also need to clean. It's an entire process. <laughs> I know, but the, and, the appeal of getting be. it to age it four or five years will be. Oh yeah, but if it's pasteurized, you're gonna get less of the nuances That's as it I mean. ages on there. 
Which I think, like we were, we were talking about this last year when the release came out, and we we took a, a Goose Island versus the Towpath from Big Ditch, and we gravitated towards the Towpath because we felt that was just for me personally. A beer. I think drinking that beer, drinking that beer right away, other than drinking the Goose Island, it's the Goose Island's too boozy. You have to with that age, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. With, it's with like the it, aging it on some it. bourbon, like in with, you know, in with the beer. Yeah. That's the hard part with those. It's like you said, you don't want it to be hot. You don't want that, you know, yeah. that bourbon boutique burn. High right? solvency. No. You want it to mellow, but not mellow too much. That you, you try that, to age you want it, that it'll flavor. be flat. Yeah, you still want. You still want character. You want a, like a lot of character. So you have some, which it's got so much character. I wonder what it'll do if I let it mature a little bit. Yeah. Which, just like Josh, it gets better looking. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Every year. Hair <laughs> just keeps getting longer. <laughs> belly keeps getting bigger. Hey. You gotta yeah, keep up. You gotta. You gotta make sure you're keeping you up with like the kids. You were like eight though. months pregnant at this point. <laughs> Ready to pop. <laughs> well, Steve, do you have another beer that you want to yes. break up for us? So, if the other one was the honey porter, this must be the smoked. Then, unless my wife is a liar. Well, buddy, the brown looks like smoke versus a snowflake. I like that you think we put that much thought into it, <laughs> and it wasn't just. It was what other, what other? We started bottling. Do we have any caps? Just do this. <laughs> Care what the fuck goes on. That sounds like the one day I was brewing that I was like, shit, I don't have any yeast. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm referencing is I was brewing an IPA that came out, this was back in the summer, well, August time. I was brewing an IPA, got to my war transfer, getting ready to start boil. Like, I don't have any yeast. <laughs> Called Scott, I'm like, can I come pull some yeast? I'm out. <laughs> And I think we made that one with coffee porter yeast. It was, because that's all I had going. Yeah, it's coffee porter (laughs) yeast and IPA. And that came out great. Good. I'm going to call you. I'm like, hey, I forgot my yeast. Can I have 18 and a half gallons of yeast? I might have packets. (laughs) That might not work. I feel bad I can't help you out because I'm on the three barrel and you're on the 30. I don't. I was gonna say it's like like, I need like a bag of malt. I say you get a bag of malt. Um, (laughs) I typically use 2,000 pounds of malt. I need a whole whole flat of malt. Can you get that for me? (laughs) You got you got both ends of the spectrum here. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, Josh is Josh is probably one of the smallest uh, breweries, if not the smallest breweries in the city. It's not the size (laughs) that matters. No. Ocean of the ocean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drew's is a barrel and yeah, half. Drew's got Sato. the smallest. Sato's got the smallest right now. But, yeah. But Scott, like to you, like you know, with your the amount of volume you're you're kicking out of here, like how is your how's everything working, like distribution wise, like you know, do you think you're at a good space now than where you were, you know, when you kind of first you first started? Oh, very much so. Uh, kind of learning, like my pilot system is 50 gallons. Okay. My production system is 930 gallons. 
I've had to That's learn. A yeah, it's a little, <laughs> a little bit of difference on that. Uh, really learning what we can produce and to make sure what we produce, we can sell in a good time frame, in a nice short time frame. Because with my, with the size of the equipment, I really have to focus on shelf stability and longevity for the beers without really sacrificing a lot of the special characteristics for beers. Okay. So it's 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 fun for me because it's always a challenge. Sure. Like I'm gonna brew this, it should basically break down and not be good in three weeks. I have to make it last 90 days. How do I do that? Right. So it's always challenging with that. It's kind of like a mad scientist where you're just kind of it's it's always trying to strike that balance and every brew collect data, interpret the data. How can we make it better? How can we make it sure. better? So you have like like any uh, analytics guys on your team where they're kind of analyzing and they're they're getting feedback and they're putting it into the system or they're like, okay, this this worked, but you know we can improve upon that. Or you made that sound really fancy. It's usually <laughs> on post-it notes stuck sure. all over my desk. Per- perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, we we do. Uh, our crew is very very good. Uh, we couldn't be. It's not me. It's it's our crew together that really makes stuff work here. And um, we have a really good range of different personalities. Uh, I myself am like ADHD, OCD, okay. uh, which is hilarious uh, for everybody back there. Um, but I have like uh, two guys who were in the army. One guy who went to college for art and film, like filmography. Uh, two guys with like tech degrees. So we get like a very wide swath. Sure. That we can get some really good different interpretations on yeah. that. Yeah. Like, uh, right? But it's, it's all about data collection and yeah. interpreting and how we can do it. Well, it's like. Brian and I used to work in the restaurant business, and like in that industry, like you know, you have a bunch of different personalities that come together, but you kind of make friendships that you know, you know have, have lasted lifetimes, you know, with us. And it's just, I feel like that's probably the same thing in the brewery industry, where it's just like, oh yeah, well, I mean, this this job here, working in a brewery, is it's an all day thing, man. You're spending just hours upon hours with the same people, man. Like. I've been here yeah. since six. I don't know what time it is. It's nine thirty. Not early. Not early. No. I, I've been here since six this morning, and it's not uncommon for sixteen-hour yeah. days. Right. Well, we talked about this before. Like this, this job, like the highs are insanely high. Like when you're, when it's good, it is like a euphoric high that's incredible. It is. It's endorphins. It is. And when it sucks, my God, does it suck? Like it sucks. But I mean, you go back to physics. Every reaction has an equal but opposite reaction. Like if you're gonna have crazy highs, you're gonna have crazy lows. Sure. Yeah. But it's not. I will say I get people all the time. They're like, "Oh, you're lucky. You just own a brewery." I'm like, "You mean just own a brewery?" Right. <laughs> Do you know how much goes on with owning a brewery? Have owning you a ever business? run your own business? <laughs> right. Have you ever dealt with alcohol laws? <laughs> have you ever paid alcohol taxes? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 and thank God for all of those three no's. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's it's people don't realize the amount of stress that that kind of stuff that you have to deal with on that end. Oh, you're a brewer. You just stand around and drink yeah. beer all day. Right. No, I'm, I'm drinking alcoholic. beer to tolerate you right now right. because I've been here for 12 hours. Right. I had a conversation with Rudy about Rudy's early days, back way before he had a bright tank. And we were talking because I don't have a bright tank and I force carbon kegs. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember those days where it's 530 in the morning and you're testing all these kegs to make sure the combination is right. Your stomach doesn't sit too well when you're testing 12 kegs at 5.30 in the morning. That's not a fun experience. Especially when you left the tap room at 11.30 the night before. Right. Um, you've had like 12 beers that night. I'm not really there, but... It's... Unsettling. More than once. No, I slept here couple times. The day before my Oktoberfest, or the day of my Oktoberfest, I got there at 1.30 in the morning. I left at 9.30 at night because my bartenders threw me out because I was deliriously tired and dropping glasses. You didn't, you didn't go up and play, play and set up and, I did. Yeah. I mean, that's just wasted money. Like, if you're dropping glasses, they were like, go home. money out the and door. I think I answered with stuff that wasn't words, sure. and they were like, go home. My wife wasn't so understanding. I'd probably be in a lot more trouble than I am right now. <laughs> that's what I mean, like, for you, you're, you're kind of, like, on your own island. Because there's really nothing out your way. It's yeah. good and it's bad. You know, it has its pluses and minuses, you know, so... It does. I am out of my own, so I draw from a crowd that's not going to go anywhere else. But at the same time, I'm not on the way to anything. Like, I don't have people traveling. They're like, oh, I yeah, just you don't hit there. The, you don't like, hit I'm the a, beer I, tour. Yeah. Crowd. Yeah. I'm a little bit too far off the... So I have to do things to draw people out. Like, like this is this is about as far as people really want to go, almost. Transit Road, thanks, buddy, is like a line of demarcation. <laughs> it, is. it really is. It's a 38 girl. No, I I leave here. I'm over at his place. Yeah. It's a hot skip and jump away. You gotta get somebody to open up like Lancaster. <laughs> that way you. Oh. Well, well, there's the eatery, there Lily is, Bell. Which, oh, God, yes. Go to Lily yeah. Bell. Half yeah. of my go to Lily income Bell. goes to Lily Bell. <laughs> there you Show's go. awesome. We can walk there, but that's not the only reason we spend so much time there. It's like, we can walk there, get shithoused, and walk home, but it's also amazing there. So, even if I had to drive, I would still do it. Oh, they are fantastic. I love them. Yeah. When I lived in Depew, it was a five-minute drive over there. Yeah. <laughs> Lock course a little further. A little, a little further. A little bit of a hike. But, I don't know, what do you guys think about Steve's smoke porter? Oh, yeah, we forgot all about that. I like that the smoke's not overpowering. See, I, I, I like no, a balance I smell of smoke. Out really good. I, I, I like, like a balance of smoke. An ashtray. Yeah. I, I, love, I love something that's super smoky, though. What did we For me, like, like smokier the better, kind of. It brings up a good point, is we try to get to, like, a balance where, unfortunately, as brewers, you never make everybody happy, and right. it's really yeah. hard. Like, you'll make something smoked, and you'll get either, oh, my God, it's way too smoky, or you, then you try to make something more balanced, and it's like, eh, I get, like, a hint, but it's not, like... Like, it's a nice balanced beer. For it me, is. personally, like... 
I can use more smoke. That, but that's me. It, the residual smokiness on, like, on my palate is very pleasant. Yeah. Very, very pleasant on there. Yeah, I mean, this sitting for a year probably, you know, helped that. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It'll if you get it out of the bottle or maybe three months in, that smoke probably hits light. you harder. So too. the moral of the story yeah. is, if you homebrew anything, leave it in the basement for a year. It'll help. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably not with IPAs. Yeah, yeah, probably. We had last week, or like two weeks ago, the one smoke we had. Was it one you got from Austin? Or we picked up one, and it was like, holy cow, campfire in your face. Oh, no, was that a, was the one of the German beers that we had. Yeah, yeah. it was like, holy cow. Yeah. Like, boom, you're sitting in front of the campfire. Like, and it's just like, Kerala? Yeah, pr- probably one of them. Yeah. And they're oh they're God. pretty smoky. They are very smoky. Yeah. But it was good. Like, it was so With balanced to where... Heavy cheese. Yeah. There's yeah. some nice darker meats. Uh-huh. It's yeah. super, super enjoyable. Right. That's Thank why you. I look forward to uh, Dingus Dang, because I get to brew the Grzitzki. Oh, that beer was so good. I didn't get a chance to try yours. Uh, it was so it's good. It's second year. John, uh, John over Buffalo Brewing Company brews it yeah, for yeah, the... John the Polish club. Um, I'm a we're I'm a member and I volunteer do all the food for the Adam and Scavenge Library for Dingus Day. So John basically just brews it almost for us. I go drop off the keg and I drive out of <laughs> off of Broadway as quick as I can. Yeah, no, I mean we uh, we definitely out at out at the Scavenge Library. The more Grzyzkis we can get, the better. Yeah. So <laughs> what was that one stuff we talked about brewing together? Lichtenhainer? Uh, Lichtenhainer? There we go. Smoked sour dark ale? There we go. Wow. It's all the things. <laughs> and give it about two hey, years. Hey, sign, mellow sign, out. sign me the fuck up on that one, man. <laughs> I don't want Just to brew a Lichtenhainer. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, I can mark it off there. my list and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, can I pick anything Weird. more difficult to brew? <laughs> Challenge yourself. I'm doing challenge accepted. Oh, sometimes you gotta experiment though. Yeah, you do. Well, I didn't tell you earlier, I was telling one of the other guys here. I have a beer in the kettle right now that I legit do not know if it's gonna be any good. Like, I just don't know. I took all of the styles that everybody's talking about and just kind of rammed them into one beer. It is a grape milkshake sour IPA. Oh God! <laughs> I have nothing else to say other than that. That was our reaction oh. too. No, I mean I'm gonna try I, it. I was gonna say that's the thing that scares me. The, the grape, I think, Italian is the thing that scares me. He actually picked like 50 pounds of fresh Concords, so I have them, and I really want them to go into sour. And then when I was doing it, I looked down and I had some lactose there, and then I had some citra hops. So. <laughs> We're making, we're, we're going for it. I don't all in. That's a garbage plate beer. It's like when you're like 15 Which and like you go to your. enjoyable. <laughs> it's like when you're 15, you go to your friend's house and he's like, yeah, oh, go just grab me something to drink. And like he takes a bunch of things and pours them in a glass and he's like, here, drink this. Or when you're at Chuck E. Cheese as a kid and you just run down the. Like, <laughs> you have yeah. like every fountain drink that, yeah. that's on the line. 
No, but I mean, it, it, when you break it down, it really is a beer that somewhat makes sense. Where it's kettle sour, it's got a little lactose in, which a lot of people are doing. Then you blend the fruit in. We're going to ferment the grapes out, so it's not going to be like an overly power, but it is going to be purple. Um, but then instead of just dry hopping it, we're going to throw a little bit of whirlpool hopping it. Not going to be anything crazy. We're talking like 25 IBU, but it is going to be in that sour IPA category. Hopefully. You should call it, you should call it Grimace. I was, if it's purple, it's it should purple. absolutely yeah. be the Grimace. Yeah. It's Grimace. I really like that name. <laughs> or, or or the purple New York bro. Yeah. I was going to call it Grape Ape, but the Grimace is way better. Grimace is pretty good. Grape Ape? Like the Hanna-Barbera. Grape Ape? Yeah. How do you not at least know yeah. that, like, as a reference? It's... Yeah. I'm not that old. <laughs> We're all. No, I had to think about it. I'm like, oh, okay, I know. Yeah. Gorilla. But I don't know if this beer's gonna come out. So if anybody listening, don't hold me to this right now. It could be bad. Yeah. Don't, uh, everybody don't listening, please hold him to this. Yes. <laughs> to the letter of the law. Stand out in front of his place. Demand it. Don't worry, you'll get the grimace. You'll get like ten people coming in and being like, so who's only got a cease and desist letter on that one. <laughs> like, hey Josh, have you heard? As long as pod- you don't can it, you're fine. That's you're on this podcast, you're you ruining this grimace, like yeah. We heard all about the grimace and we want it. Now I gotta get a, somebody in a grimace costume to stand outside. No. See, that'll get you the cease hey, and desist. Hey, uh, yeah, it has, it has to be right a Mac, yeah. Mac Sabbath shaped purple monster. We'll do it. That dances we'll do it. out we'll front. Like in a triangle. Yeah. Yes. I'll just get like the you know the the sign where you're like twirling it, or you get the wacky arm inflatable flailing arm two Yes. Hands. Yes. I was gonna say Mac Sabbath, the Black Sabbath McDonald's cover band. What? I didn't know that existed, but Max Max Sabbath is a band that dresses up in McDonald's costumes and sings Black Sabbath cover songs that are, the lyrics are changed to reference McDonald's food. I need more of this in my life. Why have I never heard of this? They're playing the Trelf in November at some point. So if you can get the Grimace guy to drink your Grimace... You might be on to something. There you go. Oh, that's amazing. That's what you call a cross-promotion. <laughs> right. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. I am just tired enough right now that this might be a real thing. <laughs> it is more... I mean, I'm not, I am not making it up. It is a real thing. Yes. To be fair, if you I've were making seen... it up, I would give you mad props, because that is just insane. November so. 16th. It is a Friday night. They're playing the trail. Okay, it is a real thing. I will say, and it is amazing. Terrifying. Yes, no. Mayor McCheese has tusks. <laughs> why? Yeah, why does Mayor McCheese have tusks? Because they're why like not? they're like an angry McDonald's thing. Right. By the way, that's like, also an angry cat hamburger. <laughs> is Grimace playing the drums or the bass? I don't know what what who plays what, but. Yeah. It's a thing. Oh, a lot but that like looks Jack like Grimace right. on PCP. Yeah, no, looking at that costume, <laughs> I can't imagine the Grimace playing I think, anything. I think that's a Grimace that would drink a sour milkshake IPA, though. That's true. Yeah. Now, a question. Does he drink it without the costume on, or do no. I pour it into the costume? You pour it into the costume. Yeah. yeah I think you've got to pour it into the costume. <laughs> yes. But from, like, a novelty-sized bottle to make right. it look, like, even better. <laughs> right. You get that, like, that, like, you know, all the giant Magnum bottles. Yes. No, 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 yeah. no. You put it in a Happy Meal. 
The Happy Meal box. This is like a lost wing hammer. Yeah. You literally just poured it. That was a nice business you had once, but... (laughs) (laughs) They send the season to sister first. (laughs) You have a bunch of dudes in clown suits just coming breaking your equipment. (laughs) It's like American Horror Story going on. Or a Weird Family Guy episode. (laughs) Like, I've seen this before. I've seen this on TV. The funny thing is, is I'm tired enough now after today that I'm going to wake up in the morning and be like, wait, did clown suit people come and yell at me? Or did I dream that? No, no, it wasn't a dream. That was a premonition. It's going to happen in the future. So, you know, act surprised. You went into your time travel machine and you, you went forward like a month and it all happened. Right. <laughs> you guys got any uh, anything you really want to add to our conversation? Anything you want to really promote or anything? Yeah. I love Josh. <laughs> oh, Scott. Oh, you can't hear the hugs right it's, now. It's a bro hug. But yeah. there's hugs going A on. legit bro hug. The romance is on and full force. <laughs> He's a good hugger. There's a, there's a little bit of nuzzling going on, too. Yeah. We're too tired to care. Yeah. Well, I mean, any good <laughs> we We're just, we're just trying to let the, let the people know. Right. We're giving you the live... Yeah, live it's, ra- it's radio. You have to paint a word picture. And by radio, I mean podcast. Because radio doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it does a little bit. <laughs> Rarely. But yeah, uh, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having us here. Thanks for bringing the Absolutely. home brews. Thank you for no coming over. Thanks for Steve, thank it was you a good for time. the home brews. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Absolutely. As always, you can find us on the Hopped Up Network. The Hopped Up Network is a group of podcasts around the country in Canada that talk about beers from their region and let everybody know what the hell's going around around the world. So get out there and listen to what our friends have to offer. Um, you can find us on Facebook at What the Hops, on Twitter at What the Hops, and on Instagram at What the Hops Podcast. You can find Josh at What Shore Brewing. You can find Scott at Twelve Gates. And Steve's here. You can't. You can't find Steve. No. You can't find him. That's on purpose. Yeah. Steve is here. But other than that, Brian. What the hops? What the hops? <laughs>